Dear little sisters, I'm Bernice. And I'm Lena. Welcome back to our podcast where we will be chatting with interesting women who do interesting things. We are two teens who want to empower young girls by providing role models for them. We hope that these women will show you that anything you want to do is possible and inspire you to dream big. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and we truly hope you enjoy this episode. sisters, we are thrilled to introduce you to Ms. Melissa, Melissa Fensterstock, who we'll be chatting with today. Melissa is a seasoned biotech, medtech, and consumer product executive with extensive experience in translating novel technologies into brand valuable products and brands. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so before we get right into it, can you please tell us a, a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I grew up in northern New Jersey. Uh, I went to Johns Hopkins University uh, and have an undergraduate degree in neuroscience. And then I went to Cambridge University and did a master's in bioscience enterprise. Then I worked for a couple of years. I did a little bit of strategy consulting and worked for um, Stryker, a med tech company. And then I went to Harvard Business School. And then after HBS, I worked in um, biotech, medtech, consumer products, and currently I'm the CEO of Lansdowne Labs, which is a company that's spun out of MIT from Bob Langer's lab. That's so cool. So you just mentioned that you're the CEO of Lansdowne Labs. So what first sparked your interest in biotech? Yeah, so I, as an undergrad, was interested in potentially being a doctor. So I was always really interested in the intersection of science and business, but you know, when it came to taking my MCAT and then when I saw cadavers, I said, oh, you know, I'm not really excited about taking care of patients per se, but I'm really interested in this intersection. So biotech um, is such a great place for me to be in. I just really love the business of science. That's really interesting. So we actually talked a little about girls in STEM in previous episodes, but can you tell us a little more about what it's like being a woman in biotechnology? Sure. Yeah, I guess for me, I don't really think of that very often in the sense that, you know, I'm not thinking like, oh, how would I be treated if I were a man or how would this be different? So to me, it's just working in biotech. So I'm not really aware of any bias, which I guess is a good thing because if maybe if I were, it'd be a lot harder. So I'd say I'm not really aware of it, which I think is to my benefit because if I were, I'd be bummed out perhaps. So I think I just think of the job being hard and it's hard for everyone and maybe it's harder for women. I just don't know because I'm not a man. So, um, but I do think, I do think that raising capital when you look at statistics, like it is more difficult for women. Um, but that being said, I've been able to raise capital. So it's the norm to me. So I don't know any different. Definitely. It seems like you've kind of just been able to overcome those kind of barriers and some of those hindrances without even knowing it, which is a really incredible experience to have. That, that's very interesting. Thank you. Kind of on a different note, how does your battery technology work and what gave you the inspiration for it? Sure. Yeah. So in terms of how it works, I have to keep it really high level because of intellectual property concerns. But for people listening, we have tackled this problem of children ingesting batteries. The batteries can cause permanent injury and even death. And we've developed a solution um, that basically prevents that reaction from taking place. So in a standard battery, 
The battery would get lodged in the esophagus. It would lead to current formation that would lead to hydrolysis of water, a rise in pH, and hence um, a burn that would burn through the esophagus and into the aorta. And what's so scary is these ingestions are often un unwitnessed. Parents don't know their children ate a battery and permanent life-threatening damage can take place very quickly in just a number of hours. So we've um, designed a solution and are working on a solution that basically prevents that reaction from taking place. And we're very excited about it. Um, and we think eventually it should be integrated into every battery, small battery that's made. And then in terms of the inspiration for it, so I actually am not the inventor. Um, my co-founder, Brian Lollick is, and he had been doing his postdoc in Bob Langer's lab and Jeff Karp's lab call it about a decade ago and he was reading a New York Times article about one of these ingestions taking place and said gosh like there has to be a way to figure this out to solve this problem so that was his inspiration and then my inspiration for joining the company is I'm a young mom with two little kids and it just seems like this shouldn't be a problem in the 21st century and uh yeah that's why I got involved and also the opportunity of course to work with top-notch top scientists like Bob Langer and Jeff Carp and such a great team is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Definitely I think that's so interesting how your personal background and also inspiration and your love for the sciences all comes together and helps create this life-saving product that can definitely help so many children. Uh, it's interesting because today in school we actually are learning about the digestive system and all and how all of the organs just work together and we learned that when one thing happens it just throws off the whole body and the whole system so just from today's school lesson I can definitely see how that can definitely help so many. So you have been breaking glass ceilings as an executive in the biotech field both in the science and business aspects of your career, and that's extremely incredible. How is it being a female CEO in biotech? Do you feel like there's a lot of female CEOs in this field, or do you feel like you're a one of few? That's a great question. Um, there definitely aren't that many, and I, you know, I have made an effort to befriend um, other women who are running startups in this space, and it's great to have them to call and to brainstorm with and to offer advice to her and vice versa. So it's, um, I think it's just important to build, you know, a network of support, of support and having other female CEOs who are going through the same challenges and things is really, really helpful. But as I had said earlier, you know, I, I've sort of been oblivious to any, you know, um, challenges that might be different than what a man would face. But in terms of building, building, um, you know, my own network, uh, I think that that's been really, really important. I guess there is one area, you know, I think, I do think when you read, when you read up about female CEOs and what they face, I do think that the bar is perhaps set higher, right? So like you might be questioned more or grilled more by investors, whereas if you were a man, maybe maybe that would be less so. But again, um, I'm a woman, so I wouldn't know what the experience would be on the other side. Definitely. Um, I think that's really great how you're trying to build a network of women just helping each other and working together. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to do too here. Just have girls help each other and empower each other and just all come together to create a better world for themselves and for their friends and just everyone. And I think that that definitely aligns with what we're trying to do here. So I think that's really cool. Um, our next question is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Yes, that's a great question. And I did think a lot about that. So 
What I would say is work with people you trust and you like and do what you enjoy doing because if you do what you love it won't feel like work i mean sometimes it will feel like work but most of the time it'll just feel like you're doing something really fun and as you know a high school student or a college student i remember doing things maybe for the wrong reasons um you know thinking it might make my resume better um, but if i didn't really at the end of the day enjoy it i probably was never going to be very good at it so i'd say just you know that would be the advice to my younger self is do the things that you really enjoy with people that you really like and um, spend your time doing those things and you'll be very successful. I think that's great advice because I feel like sometimes we get caught up in what's to come next, but just like focus on what you like doing and in the moment and being with people that you like and friend and who you're friends with and that'll just make you happy. And if you're a happier person, then that'll just make you more successful overall. Exactly. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. We really enjoyed having you and chatting with you. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to hearing it. So reflecting back on our chat with Ms. Fensterstock, there were a few points she mentioned that really stood out to me. And one of them is how the bar is set higher for women in these STEM fields and other higher careers. And what ends up happening is women are confronted or patronized by their peers. And it's this systemic way of discouraging women that results in less women deciding to pursue these fields in the first place. Something that Ms. Fensterstock mentioned was that through her career, she built a network of other female CEOs and different people in biotechnology to support her every step of the way. And I think it's so important to build a community where women are supporting other women. And that's a community that we hope we can foster through this podcast. The role of women in society continues to evolve decade by decade. And although so much progress has already been made, we want to play our part in speeding that progress and getting more girls into biotechnology and other fields. And I think the reason why women are questioned more is because they're underrepresented and because there's less women in these fields. Women end up being trusted less and just generally perceived as less competent. And we need to find a way to break that cycle. Definitely. And I think that what Bernice is talking about with the cycle, I kind of frame it this way. So at a young age, boys and girls are not equal. Um, girls and boys are both stereotyped in different ways. And even when you see children's toy commercials, you see girls playing with dolls and princesses, with, and then boys playing with swords and Legos and which is great for some people, but not for everyone. I feel like categorizing both girls and boys in this way puts them in these boxes. And these boxes are something that's very hard to escape for both girls and boys. And it really just blocks their full potential and limits what they can do. And especially for girls, these stereotypes cause a decrease in confidence and ambition because people start to think that this is what I can do. This is all I can do. I can't really surpass that. And it's just a mindset, a way of thinking. And by breaking down that mindset and showing girls that anything is possible, you can really increase confidence and ambition. And for 
that girls that do progress into higher education and jobs that in fields that might be male-dominated, like Bernice said, they are questioned more and there might be some more barriers and they might face different backlashes. But it's really important to break this cycle and I feel that we are trying to do that through this podcast and in highlighting incredible women like Ms. Fensterstock. And I think really showing girls women who do things that they might be interested in or women that have overcome gender barriers and hindrances that they may face in the workplace. We're showing girls that anything they want to do is possible and is within their reach. Absolutely. We hope, like Lena said, we can tackle this cycle one step at a time through this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this interview and reflection. We truly hope you enjoyed.